Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One year ago, we broadcast a special big interview ahead of the Champions League final. You may remember the mighty Paul Clement, Swansea's favourite son, breaking down in fascinating detail the final that he was part of as an assistant to the then Real Madrid coach Carlo Ancelotti in 2014. We thought that we'd make this a big interview tradition. So, here, ahead of the 2017 final, we've got another story of Champions League glory, from the 2004 winner. Jose Mourinho's Champions League victory with Porto established him as the most coveted manager in football and, frankly, it was a colossal victory achieved against huge odds and with a team that Mourinho built on a scale that could hardly have been further from the giants that they would face on their way to that final game. The team's top goalscorer and our guide through this story is a case in point. Benedict McCarthy... We'll start by explaining how Mourinho rustled him away from Celta Vigo using a little touch of training ground espionage. And after that, things get really juicy. Benny, as well as a great striker, is a fantastic storyteller. I think these are great stories, great tales. So much so that we're going to break them down into two parts. We hope you enjoy this big interview with Benny McCarthy as much as we all did recording it. Benny McCarthy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Oh, nice to see you. Is that a wee Scottish accent I can hear now? No, 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 no. <laughs> never, never, like, never. I, I don't think it's impossible for me to pick up Scottish accent. It's too strong. Wait, wait, wait. I, there's just a little one there as you... <laughs> so you never... So there's the South African accent, the roots are strong. You're not a man who ever change your roots. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, no, the roots are strong. What, what, what? I'm like a Scotsman. Scotsman never changes roots. Tough and proud. Exactly. Likewise. How do, how do we treat you over here? What, what's it like, the life in Scotland? Why do you think I'm staying? It's because, the best. Nah, it's best, yeah. I think of all my travels around the world, this is probably where I'm the most comfortable. It's probably as equal as I am in South Africa. Um, yeah. This is already the best part of any interview we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is what they do. I, I honestly promise that there has been no... Fee changing hands for uh, although there is very good high quality shortbread on the table. So, but Benny hasn't been in any way prompted to say that Scotland is God's own country. No, I, I can agree with you on that one. Well, look, when you met this representative of, of God's own country for the first time, I think it was um, during Porto's run, inspired by your goals, to win the European Cup, the Champions League, but. Um, I guess that the impact of me arriving in your life was probably slightly less than the impact of Jose Mourinho arriving in your life. Now, if I've got this right, you're a young buck having scored goals for fun at home, having scored goals for fun at Ajax, 
but you're in Celta Vigo. And again, scoring goals for fun with Massinho in your team and Barizzo in your team. A genuinely fabulous side. But Jose Mourinho arrives and comes calling. Just describe to me your memories and experience of the first time this fella comes into your life. He came in almost as a saviour because I think I was going through a, a, a phase where I wasn't playing as much. You know, when, when, when you're the type of person, you, you have a good relationship with everyone. I wasn't really a person that was disliked by, by teammates or coaching staff. Like, and then all of a sudden, the manager just takes a complete tantrum towards you and, and doesn't speak to you or, or just add to him, to the manager, I didn't exist. So for me, that was hard. And I kept on maybe asking myself what I would, if I did something wrong or if I said something, maybe that the manager didn't like in a certain tone. Let's name him. This uh, Victor Fernandez. Who's currently who's the, in, in charge of the academy at Real Madrid. Yeah, uh, must, he must have good friends in high places. <laughs> but, um, Nicely expressed. <laughs> so he just pushed me one side to the team and, and I found myself now playing, and which was hard, which was difficult for me because the harder I worked, the harder I tried to get better and, like, than what I was doing at present. The manager just didn't say, not move. So, so you, you, you left almost in the dark, completely alone, and now being away from home and in another country where you thought you felt at home yeah. became like strange. Is that particularly difficult for a striker because you work on ability, but strikers thrive on self-belief and confidence most definitely yeah yeah and, and and my self-confidence was just knocked out of the water you know and and i couldn't understand but i had to accept because the team was doing okay and the striker that that he brought in was even worse to take because it was like almost like he couldn't kick a ball to save his life but he, he was just scoring goals at the time and you couldn't understand that, yeah, because he scores goals, but the, the, the way the team is playing, the system that we play, he doesn't fit in anywhere. Catania. The Brazilian striker. Yeah, is. he couldn't control a ball, but he had an eye for goal. It was scary, you know. So on training, you see he loses every ball and teammates just sweat him and that, but the coaches keep going with him and that was, that added added to the insult, to, to the insult and, and the frustrations and the misery that was piled on. But, you know, like, if you are, like my mom always said, just because some things doesn't go your way, doesn't make, doesn't, you don't need to stop working harder and harder. You never know who somebody might be watching that think that it's worth taking a gamble on you. So I just continued working hard and doing what I do best. Maybe you'll get injured one day and mm. then I'll get my opportunity. So that's how I took it. And lucky for me, um, our trainings was always open chess and trainings. And um, a lot of people, people would come and watch and that. And people would always say nice things to you that, wow, the way you train, it's unbelievable how you can't play in the team. So that made me felt a little bit like, okay, so it's not just me. It must be the manager definitely has a problem with me because... All the fans and everybody, they're not happy with team selection because 
from what they see in trainings. And there was a peculiar gentleman in the training ground watching for a couple of days and then eventually I think after about five days and then he thought, nah, it's the right time to come and speak to me. And, and he came to me after training and he couldn't understand how I don't play in this team, but maybe it's a bonus for him. And I'm, I'm thinking, what are, you, what are you on about? You know, like uh, the manager's choice. Then he said, ah, listen, he would love, he would love for me to come to Porto. And, and I was like, Porto? Okay, yeah, big team, nice. And they play Champions League and, you know, but obviously the league is smaller than La Liga, La Liga or England. Portuguese league, it's like you go a step down. Mm. But at that point in time, I just wanted to play. And I couldn't care where Because I was at that going. point in time, to defend the point you've been making, while well, you've been a star in the Vigo team, you're, for example, taking Juventus apart. Huh? The, the Juventus side of uh, Davids and Takinard and Deschamps and Zidane, they come up to Balaidos. Yep. And you boys send them home, I don't know, 4-0, 4-1? 4-1, yeah. But <laughs> still, that's still the manager just, I, I, I don't know what it was. So I was playing Europa League games, Spanish Cup, but not, not the, the league. league. Yeah. But yeah, it's frustrating when you play well and then now you have to, when you're on that confidence, you're scoring goals, but you can't get into the, the league side. And of course, I also want to play against Madrid against um, your Barcelona's, not just against Europa League. You Sometimes we were fortunate that we got Juventus in our path, you know, but that's about the only big team. So you want to be up against the best players in the world. And, and, and at the time, La Liga had that and I wasn't part of it, you know, so that was a bit frustrating. So, so when this guy is whispering in your ear, come to Porto, yeah, so you, you'd I, never seen him or heard of him. Is this right? Jose Mourinho before? No, never. Never, never, never seen him. That was the first time I, you know, and then I said, oh, I said, yeah, well, if you guys, if, if you guys can get me away from Celta, then I would come. I won't say no. And he was like, oh, so would you come if, if, if we try and get you? Then I said, yeah, I'm not playing here, so I'll go anywhere. And then, and that's how the plan got set in motion. Then he, he must have gone back because obviously Porto at the time had another coach, Octavio Machado, but I think he was on his way out and it was already agreed that Mourinho would come in after the cup game, the next cup game. So then George Mendes straight onto, onto the thingy and um, obviously because I had an agent, some, thing, some things weren't um, working and it looked like I was going to end up staying at Salta Vigo and not being able to go on loan unless I... I, I take less money because obviously in Portugal so for me it was like in this case it was not about the money I could I could go there for six months and play for free I just wanted to play football okay but uh, in that world it doesn't work like that so agents and my agent told me that nah it's a big loss for me deal is off and then yeah so I thought ah, okay Pama. I thought that was my opportunity and then on the day of the transfer window close, George Mendes phones me and he phones me. He says, Ah, Benny, listen, your agent Rob doesn't, you know, doesn't want the deal because he said, Yeah, 
this is what you earn there and at Porto you're going to earn almost peanuts but it's not about you earning money it's you get an opportunity you're going to play and they play Champions League and you're going to put yourself back out there and then you know what your qualities people are going to watch you and Porto is a big team and the big teams come and snatch players from Porto so when he said that I didn't start playing football because I wanted to earn money because I love what I do and if I was doing it for free I would have still done it till now I'm gonna I'm gonna fight with my agent and I know he's gonna hate me but I gotta do what I gotta do because I want to play I went against Rob Rob hated me for that but but he loves you like a son exactly so he'll, he'll understand and he'll understand that it was never about the money and I wanted to play so then George Mendes drove from Porto came to pick me up at like eight at night and then off to Celta offices signed the release the release papers and Celta was happy because they were getting rid of a player that was earning big money that the manager wasn't playing and they don't have to pay salary because I took a 75% cut on my wages so so Celta was happy to see the back of me off to Porto went signed and that was it and then it Midnight, obviously, it came up like Benny McCarthy signs for for Porto on loan till the end of the season. And man, I just turned my phone off because <laughs> I knew I was going to have my head chewed up by, by my agent. And then the next day, pack my stuff, boom, off to Porto. Now, George Mendes was, was, was right to sell, it turns out that he was right to sell you the dream. But he wasn't selling you the dream accurately because... Porto in that stage weren't Champions League. When you went down, Mourinho was taking over because they were having, for them, the difficulties. Eh? Yeah, they were having the worst season. I think there were six, six in the league and a uh, long time that Porto's been there. I played in um, the cup match, which they won four and I scored two, I think, on my, on my debut and, in, and one assist. So yeah, everybody was like, oh, great signing. Like, now we've got a striker. And then the coach got the boot. The next day on training, I saw, hey, that's the guy that It's that to, guy. The, the, like the young guy that spoke to me, that convinced me to come to Porto. <laughs> Meanwhile, he was the, that was going to be the coach. I'm glad you took my advice and happy to have you here, you know. And I said, I said nah, with you and my team, what I want to do, I'm going to win everything. And I'm thinking to myself, is this guy on drugs? Or <laughs> what is he? Because I, I couldn't even catch a game at Celta. And he's telling me that he's going to win everything because now he's the missing link in his puzzle. You know? I couldn't understand what he was on about. But anyway, I just said, okay, okay, yeah, I'm glad. And I'm going to do my best for him, you know? The thing that just made me switch and I said, I'll run through a brick wall for this guy, was he did something that nobody in football has ever done. Like football manager-wise, coach never came and understood what you were going through, mm -hmm. your pain or that. Everybody just thinks, oh, like you're getting paid big money, so you just get on with it. You're but just kind of like a servant. You're not yeah, a person. Yeah, but people, people, didn't people didn't know what I was going through and... The, the tough time that I had at Celta and then came and said, hey, 
you okay? You know, I'm happy to be there. And he says, ah, if you need anything, you know, like, just ask if you want to come for dinner. My house is open. Wow. And he gave me a hug. Like, he hugged me and he says, ah, listen, he's here for me and what everything. And I felt like I wanted to cry, but I couldn't because the situation wasn't a suitable situation for me to cry now. And people are like, oh, yeah, the, the, the manager's son now. And look, that's why he's playing every week because you understand. So I, I kept it together. But when I went back and I was like, I was like, wow, he's not just like a coach, he's He's a human being, like mm. he cares, and he probably knows my shit that I was going through at Celta, and that's why he's the way he is, you know, like he was just very caring, and, and I think that was a nice touch because I've never had it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. People remind people because we're now talking about the year 2003, okay? So what we've found is that although this is your life and it's my passion, some people forget. So we've established already that Jose Mourinho's had to come in, take over the team when it's in a bit of a depressed state. He nearly gets them in the league. In While you've been away qualifying Celta Vigo for Champions League, Porto win uh, Europa League, and he builds the team. So you come into a squad. Let's let's take this Champions League because this is Benny McCarthy, Champions League winner. Okay, that's who you are. You come into a squad that's beautifully balanced, but not everybody's a big name. Let's go through a kind of starting eleven. Let's look at keepers Victor Bahia. Yep, um, respectable. Portuguese goalkeeper, like legend in, 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 in Porto, in those parts, you know, so, so obviously he was like the leader from, from the back. Nuno Espirito Santo, that's the present coach of Porto now. Who became known at Valencia, right? Yes, who made his name at With Valencia. With Castro as assistant at yep, Valencia. Yep. So He's... Nuno was the second choice goalkeeper, the backup, but yeah. Because obviously these were players that Mourinho respected 
So I think because only because of the respect that he had for Victor Bahia, he was playing. And then, and then he had the captain fantastic, George Costa. Who so was describe Man Mountain George Costa. <laughs> You're smiling as you even think about uh, him. No, because he did the coach, he did the manager's job for him off the pitch. Because he knows if we slack, George Bish, and they call him Bishu, like like the beast. The beast. You know? He would come. Ah, yeah! Fucking hell, you gotta move and listen. So Mourinho loved that, that the players were so scared of him. Were some of them scared of him? That's a genuine Yeah, question. they were scared of him. And if you're like, what? You answer back, boom! He'll just slap. He'll give you <laughs> he'll one. He'll slap you like a father. You know? So obviously, so because he had that, so Mourinho balanced it out. So hmm. I, I gotta have you with a young fresh, quick defender. So if George plays, Carvalho has to play. Now people know more about Carvalho, but I'm going to ask you a question because I've met him a few times. Like he was a very, he was almost like an Italian defender because with Carvalho, if he didn't win, you beat you through the football. There were no rules. He could do, he did anything to win, but he's quite, he seems quite a quiet, timid guy when you speak to him, right or wrong? That's why his nickname was Sandrinha. Like they said, he's like a Sandra. <laughs> he's a soft yeah. giant, but I think his career was saved because he had a manager like Jose Mourinho. Because he understood his players, he got to know the players' pers personalities and that. And that's why wherever Jose went, he tried to get Carvalho because he knows he's going to drown if he plays for another manager. The worst player that you could ever have in your team from Monday to Friday hmm. in trainings. Like the worst trainer ever. He's like a kid, like a, a, a 10 year old. When you talk to a 10 year old, ah, I'm looking at you, but my mind is, oh, he was just not there. Wow. The worst trainer, Monday comes, Ricky, Ricky, Ricardo. Go home. No then way. he'll send him home. Ricky would stand there, but, but I'm here. Go home, I said. And then he'll just, okay, boom. And then he'll go. Because what? A bit dreamy, dopey, dozy. Dreamy, dopey, dozy. Call it whatever you want. Wow. Not doing his job. Not doing his job, but Mourinho knew. Come Saturday. He's playing man of the match, Ricardo Carvalho. Because he re I, my, my appreciation looking at him is that he reads football real well. We, for the life of me, I, I couldn't understand. You know, like this guy, and sometimes you feel like just saying, he maybe needs a slap so that brain could shake and maybe it, it gets put the missing part gets back placed <laughs> in order, yeah, and then he'll function. But we couldn't understand how this guy do it. And I'm talking about for one, for one season, I've never seen anything like it. For one season, you know, when you get the markings, the ratings of the matches, this guy never gets less than seven out of 10. Mm. Seven and a half, eight, nine, 
nine and a half, then you wonder how in God's name does this dude do it? Because from Monday to Friday, he's, he's not all there. And then Saturday comes, he's the, he's the most reliable player that you can, if you say, in our, in our team from that year, if he says, listen, you have to pick one player, Benny, yeah, Benny scores goals, his, his quality, some days he's there, some days he doesn't pitch up. Deco, Deco's a roller coaster. Deco is like untouchable. When he falls, he's free falling and then boom, oh, he comes to life and then, you know. So everybody had that. He says, Ricardo Cavallo, he was just like that the whole season. So you've got the beast in Sandrina. Yep. Um, you don't have to do all the nicknames, but if you've got the nickname for, say, Paulo Ferreira and maybe would it normally be Ferreira and Valenti? Yep, it was... That was that was the the preferable. That was our best our best four defense. Left back was Nuno, um, Bish, Sandrinha, and Sakana. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Sakana being Portuguese. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, we have yeah. to explain that. Paulo, I I don't know. I just like. Also, most consistent player that I've that I've ever seen. Mm. Good well. athlete, fantastic athlete, great engine. Like runs ninety minutes, and if you want players that that you would say now nah, reliable, most reliable players of our squad, those are the two players that I can tell you: Sakana, Paulo Ferreira, and Ricardo Carvalho. They were the, for me, on, our, ga- on game day, our best players game wow. day, like most reliable. You n- nobody's going past this guy. It was impossible. Just stays that level every game. Never outstanding. Like oh my god, never he never gives you a worldy performance. Mister reliable. Mister reliable. Mister reliable bastard. Yep. Now, if let's say, let's say, I sometimes remember maybe if you if you're going to be on top in a game, maybe you play four two three one. If you're going to work a little bit harder, maybe four three two one. But let's call the midfield, I guess, um, Mendes Manish Deco, Mendes Manish Costinha. I think, I think his best his best system was four four two, the diamond shape, where we have one. Holding midfielder, anchor, and then one at the top of the diamond. And that was Deco to accommodate where we have, you know, so then we'll have Costinha. Costinha is the holding midfielder. And then we'll have Pedro Mendes on the left of midfield. And then Manish on the right, the shuttlers. And then we'll have Deco on the diamond. And then you'll have between myself and Carlos Albertos, or... Originally, Dalai. Myself and Dalai, you know. So that was because, obviously, you would always play Dalai with one of me and Carlos. Because we're similar. Big, strong, we can score goals, we can take people on. Good, clever passes. I was better goal scorer than him. But he's more of a, like, deco. So, but 
if Deco is there and Dale is there, then he'll go for me because I'm more, when you need goals, you're going to get that. He can play with his back towards goal. He, he can defend corners very good in the air. But I think if, if, if we want to sit back and we want to go defensively, then Carlos is probably a better option than me. Okay. So you oh. described the other ones. Tell me, tell me something about Costinha. I loved. Uh, I loved. I thought he was a clever, hard-working, bright, bright fellow. I saw him in a mixed zone in the in the Riazor after your semi-final. Mm -hmm. Do five different interviews in five different languages. Yeah. Something I know you can do, but it's rare. Yeah, Mr. Minister. Yeah, he's Mr. Minister. Never ever. You see this man wearing a sorge. Very seldom you'll find him wearing jeans. Always tailor-made suits. Which wedding are you going to now? <laughs> <laughs> and he would get mad because the guys would slam it, would, would slag him like, hey, it's Tuesday, my friend. There's no weddings on a Tuesday. <laughs> Why are you wearing like, like nice fitted suit with a purple <laughs> tie and those little... The handkerchief in the corner. Yeah, like that. And, you know, he's like always straight. Hey, 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 hey. Be careful, okay? <laughs> Behave. And then just boop. So, yeah, he, he got the name of Mr. Minister. So he said, yeah, he dresses like a minister. Always very clean cut, suited. But now we've, we've came to understand that that holding midfielder role is called the Claude Makalele role. But, yeah. Costinha. He was very, very good. He was so good at that. Mm. Does all the dirty work. Time tackles fantastically. And he knows he's not the best footballer. He wins it and he gives it to Deco. He gives it to Maniz. He gives it to the guys that can place and then boom, he protects that back four like nobody's business. Manish was the um, erratic, crazy one. He's just, uh, he, wants his, he wants the praise of everybody. Whatever he does, and it's like, look, he says, hey, game is on. It's like, hey, Penny, did you like that pass? Hmm. It's like, yeah, 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 good. He's like, yeah, I'm the man. Huh? <laughs> like, he, he wanted everyone, everyone must give him. Tell him how good he is. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't, he'll go in five minutes. He's like, like fuck off, man. <laughs> and he's like, hey, my pass, you see, with the outside. <laughs> I was like, and the tens, they do that. <laughs> Stop hating, man. Just because you didn't score doesn't make my pass any lesser. My pass was quality. You're just a shit striker that couldn't score from it. You know, he, Our team spirit comes in he, many forms. He, 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 wanted, he wanted praising and approval wow. for everything he did. Mourinho would drop him, but then because he... Then he'll come, he's like, ah, oh, Benny, your normal conversation with you, but fishing. How's your relationship with my niece? Or do you think he's... And then and, and I remember, he comes to me, he says, oh, he says, oh, Benny, Benny, Benny. Come and he's talking. I said, hey, this guy, Tiago, we, we've got, we bought a Portuguese guy, you know, Tiago. You're going you're to love playing with him because he's got that assist and he, that pass that you love to run onto and that. It's done good, really. And I was like, oh, says, no, me, coach, you know, me, anyone that comes, 
if, if, if they bring something to the table, the team clicks and everybody knows their jobs and I get to score my goals and that. <laughs> welcome. He says, yeah. And I said, ah, oh, so is it going to be him and Manish and, and Costinha or who's going Pedro? And he said, no, no, no. It's going to be Costinha and Pedro and, and, and Thiago. So Manish will come up. I said, ah, oh, so Manish out. And he's like, um, yeah, wh what do you think? Like, what well, I said, Manis is big mouth and loud mouth, but he makes, he makes, he makes this team tick. Mm. You know, he, he brings something that Deco don't have, that Pedro Mendes don't have, that this one. So I said, hey, it's going to be hard. So Pingas, if Pingas is better than Manish, then yeah, of course. But for me, I love Manish. Manish is my Clever. boy. He did, my, he did unusual things with the ball. Manish is my player. Yeah. So I think that's what that was the reassurance that he wanted. Smart management. You understand? So then, but I didn't know that was what he did until Manish came to me like a couple of months because I think coach pulled him in. And so then, so then Manish came to me. He's like, ah, oh, he's like, boom, boom. And then he says, hey, Bumbo, he said, hey, thanks so much. He said, you saved me, huh? Whoa. And I was like, I saved you? Saved you from what? He's like, nah, I never, I never said thank you, but Coach was going to cut me from the team, huh? Because they were together at Benfica. Yeah. Manish was at Benfica when Mourinho was the coach there. And I think that's where Manish's personality and and how Mourinho was then didn't and he just could not take Manish unbelievable player but in his team no so every opportunity you could have he could get him out he'll, he'll, he'll take him out mm. so then but because he was speaking to some players and he says ah you you're lucky because they spoke up for you Benny's my player and Benny said to me nah he can't play without you like you a big puzzle in the team and that. So, but now you must sort of watch your step, focus and that because your teammates are laying their neck on the line for you and you secretly keep, you understand? So then when he came in and he says, he said, ah, I never said thank you and I know I was gone because he told me, Tiago is going to take your place. And, so it, and it works out well. Yeah. Let's look at the games, this fantastic squad. I don't know if you remember, but you start at Partizan Belgrade, coached by Lothar Mateus. Yep. Taribo playing. Taribo West. Yeah. Um, it's a 1-1 draw. Costinha scores. Um, Partizan, yep. And the idea is, when you start out the group, does, does Mourinho start to say to you, we can win the group, we can, we can win the competition, or are the, are the, are the ambitions less clearly spoken at this stage because no. you draw Real Madrid in the group yep. Marseille and Partizan, Partizan Porto yeah. so when the when the group when the group came out he said we're going all the way to the final he wow. wants to win the Champions League wants to win no he's gonna win the Champions League so Real Madrid's gonna be a tough hurdle home in a way Partizan away from home go to go to Serbia um, very tough, very tricky. Marseille, nah, French teams, not a problem for, for us. But 
partisan away from home. Mm. Proud or volatile? Yeah, or? yeah because hostile and, and we'll, we'll come up against something that, that most of us are not used to. And obviously because we've, we have we had like quite a few black players in the team. Mm -hmm. Because it was a me, lot. it was Carlos Alberto, it was Dale, it was Costinha, it was Bozingua. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna know what tough time is. And honestly, when we went there, whew, bad people were throwing bananas and the whole stadium. And honestly, like, and we thought we ain't gonna get out of the stadium alive. Like it was hostile. And then every time, every time, like when I was getting the ball, and I was marked by Tariba West. And they would go, <laughs> and once I passed the ball, I would be like, yeah, good one. When he's got the ball, you applaud. So I said, so then I said to him, I said, hey, don't you hate it though? Don't you like, don't you get, don't you get like, like furious? Like mad. Because yeah. yeah, they booing me and they're making all the monkey sounds and that. And I don't see your skin being whiter than mine. So he said, ah, what can you do? You must just bite the bullet and just do your job. They can, they can do the monkey signs and whatever. But at the end of the day, they come, they spend their money to come and watch this monkey play. So that must give you satisfaction. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? It's true. If you want to boo and <laughs> throw bananas and that, I'm taking your money as I'm playing here. So go ahead, boo as much as you want to and that, you understand? So I just, I, I looked at it because what he said made sense. Like, okay, so if... But it's, a, it's that, a way to cope with a situation which is indefensible. It's shit. Yeah, it's shit, but it's, 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 it's nice when, when, when it doesn't bother you and they don't get to you, you know? So we ended up, we went there and we drew with them. Good. <laughs> see, you, see you in our place. See you, see but you before you take them there to the Dragon Stadium, you know, you, you have Madrid in Porto, and, and I'm at this game, and you lose. And it, I remember it being oh, quite no. even for a while. And then they, it's Carlos Queiroz's side, no Makaleli. So it proves in the end that they're not the most organised in defending in midfield. But when they play, they play beautifully. And that night, Solari, you saw a new, you Solari. saw new guys in Europe and you saw established guys in Europe. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was Santiago, no? Solari who scored. Solari. Yep. They they they, they just outclassed us, and the fact that it it pissed down, it was raining and it was a miserable night, cold. Like we wanted nice, we wanted a good day so we could run them, but that pitch just played a part. And they just played with intelligence. They were he uh, ahead of us. They've, they've got Zidane's, they've got, they've got big names, they've got the big shots. And that's why they're Real Madrid and we're only Porto. But we know now, second place, we definitely, it's ours. We'll get through and we'll get them in the finals. And then it's going to be a completely different. You took the impression that night, the players, or Mourinho took the impression no, the that coach, night? No, coach, the coach, he came in and he said, hey, he said, yeah, we were outclassed by, by more experienced team, 
by Real Madrid and it's more the name that beat us than anything else because we just never pitched because players were too much looking at names and who's this and whose shirt they're going to take and everything. We sort of like got distracted and lost our way because of facing Real Madrid. But that's it now. We're allowed to have one. You've had your, you've had your mulligan yep. and so now it's business. That's it. Now we're going to the business end. Next game up is, is the French. Now, Marseille, if yep. I'm right, it's a Drogba team, right? Yeah. Drogba, Mido up front. Your old friend. Did you and Mido spend time at Ajax together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I know Mido from, from my time at Ajax. Drogba is new to you at this stage or yeah. not? No, I played against Drogba at under 20 level um, African Youth Champions senior team as well I played against him but obviously by then I was Drogba was still upcoming not very well known not known and I was the, the household name in African football so but yeah Mourinho Mourinho made it and his team talk was like boys today we're gonna face a test that we've never faced before George Costa Carvalho you must bring your AA, triple A game. They have a striker, African guy, and he's going to bully you left, right, and center. But if we keep him at bay, we win the star, then it's easy. But that, that's our problem. He lays out the system and how we're going to attack them, how we're going to defend against them, and everything. Game start. Oh my God. They play long ball, and obviously George Costa normally bullies whoever he's up against. Whoever he's up yeah. against, because that's why he's Bishop. And George goes up for a header, and Drogba just went poof. He chased the ball down, and George Costa went smash in the back of into the back of him. And Full header into Drogba's into, back. Into his back, yeah. As they land. Right, he holds off George Costa, and George Costa goes to the ground, and then poof, the ball just comes. Beautiful. And he plays it there, and all of us just look and says, "Hey, we have to help Bishop." Says George is in trouble. Ricky, if they play him, leave middle. Paulo have to then come in. Double up. Nuno, you come in. Costinha, you also. You drop in front in, in front of him, so he doesn't. Because we said, now nah, we we in trouble when we, we, Coachy told us. But we didn't think, ah. He says, now nah, what we see, now nah, we have to, we change. And then we just adjusted. He says, okay, that's what we do. Make it nice and small. Let the wings, when they have the ball. Take the risk. Fine. We take the risk. Let them have it. That we know that when they do come into danger zone, they're not going to get past you anyway. But we rather protect the, the, the middle and let them attack us from the from the sides and difficult so, but we went there we won you get the goal you win it's a massive result because it's a game you have to win yeah I, I'm guessing I want to go on a tiny sidetrack but I want to get back to the group quickly when Mourinho eventually um, partly thanks to what you've done for his career goes to Chelsea Abramovich immediately says to him you can have Ronaldinho we're going to buy Ronaldinho for you and I remember the shock it caused at the time when he says, no, Mr. Abramovich, give me Drogba. 
Now, now it looks obvious. Okay, now it looks obvious. But at the time, very few people understood that you could, nothing to do with Drogba, that you could turn down Ronaldinho. But at the time, having heard what you've just said, you, you could have understood why Mourinho took Drogba instead of Ronaldinho at Chelsea, right? No, of course, because this guy is very strategic. First, he looks what is the most needed thing for him to and the needed thing for him to make that transition from turning Porto into that he needed a guy that can come in there and not be afraid to play against anybody and score goals because Helder Postiga Helder Postiga was the, was the striker when I went back and Helder Postiga was okay if it's Real Madrid A game if it's Osasuna, ah, they're going to kick me, they're going to do this, it's going to be a tough day in the office, and maybe I'll just sit this one out and I'll say I have a little injury, or I'll have a knock, and I, I, I can't play like I played against Madrid, because I'm scared. And then in two weeks' time, it's Barcelona, I'm ready, and then when it's Valencia, so when it's all the big teams, he's your go-to guy. Yeah. Fantastic. When it's the majority of the time, it's the le the, the lesser the times when you win the titles. If you if yes, you keep the games up the that makes you win titles, then he's not there. So he knew there he was gone. He was never gonna. So he said, "I need a reliable guy for the Osasunas. I prefer he, he he must play better for the smaller games than him not doing anything against the big games because I know everybody raised their games." for those games, but it's the smaller games where I have a problem with, where I need to win those games. So there, he's got the, he's got the striker and he's seen, so then he, he went for me. So when he came to Chelsea, he says, so then he called, because he called me up and then he says, he says, listen, I know you, you're very passionate about Porto and that, but I brought you to Porto and you're my player and I want to, I want to bring you what, to, to Chelsea. When I come for you, you come, okay? And I said, oh, of course, coach, you, you, I go where you go, I told you. I have you, and I'm getting Drogba. My team, then I bring in Carval, I'm bringing Ricky, Deco maybe, I'm not sure if, if the club will give me the funds then. Paolo, 100%, De Carvalho, 100%, you, Drogba, and then I need good goalkeeper. I'm going to win the league for as much, for as long as I'm in England, I'm going to win the league every year. Ferguson can go fly a kite. <laughs> now, it's funny, we're going to come to the, the man we call Sir Alex around here. The kite flyer. He's conf this man, wow, this man is... He passed, his, he passed his confidence down through all of you. That's the beautiful thing he did. So, given that we've touched on themes... I mean, listen, I love football. It makes me excited. You make me laugh because your enthusiasm is contagious. But we touched on a serious thing. The partisan experience over there is full of racism. But when the revenge time comes and partisan come to Dragon Stadium in Group F, who scores? Benedict McCarthy. Huh? Yep. So uh, you didn't just take their money. Yeah. You took the no, Champions we League said, place. We, we said to them, it's fine. You have to come there. Even the players also, because the players were 
quite aggressive towards us and like they wanted to fight. We said, hey, don't worry. It's a, it's a two leg, my friend. You're tough here yeah? when you come to Portugal. Then I want to see that you, you show this toughness. Then we'll talk. If you, if you treat me in my home like you do now, I take my hat off to you. But until then, so you stick two goals past Partizan and Lothar Mateus. Yep. Good game, good win. You're suspended or injured in the return Injured, leg? I got injured. Um, calf injury for... To go to Madrid. Madrid game. But the guys do fine. It's 1-1 there. Yeah. So the second that chance way. that you said, mm-hmm. everybody's thinking about the jerseys and the autographs and there's a tiny bit of starstruck first time around. Second time around, no the mentality's yeah. good. They come from the Bernabeu with a draw and you go through second place in the group. Yes, now I don't, I don't know, Ben. Oh, and then we, Mas, Marseille was the last, the second last game. Uh-huh. Two one, we beat them. Manish in in Marseille, south of France. So you've gone through in second place, yep. um, with eleven points behind Real Madrid. And there, I'm afraid, children, we'll have to leave Benny for now. Good night, Benny. We'll be back to find out how he, Jose and Porto do in the 2004 Champions League final in a few days, starting with a last-16 tie against Manchester United. A moment that might just shape a career or two, and a moment which has also become iconic. The Big Interview is produced by Backpage and me, Graham Hunter. The music you always hear, the music that you love, is Beer Jacket. You can enter exclusive competitions and put your questions to our future Big Interview guests by getting on the mailing list at grahamhunter.tv. Yes, several thousand of you have done it, but come on, slackers at the back, sign up. Thanks for being there. Without you, this would be fun, but a lot less fun. See you soon.